So we've gotten the polls of the conference from teams that are here, but what about the four Pac-12 squads that are coming in? Are they even happy to be here still? This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome into Locked On Big 12 and a crossover with Locked On Buffs. Drake Toll from Locked On Big 12 and ESPN Central Texas. That's Kevin Borba of Locked On Buffs. Let's talk these four new teams coming to the Big 12, the expansion Big 12, and how they view this conference. Because we know that the BYUs, the UCFs, the world, they're happy to be here. The irate eight, they're happy to be alive. Kevin is a Colorado fan. And really speaking for the four new guys, is there still an excitement about being a Big 12 team? Yeah, I think for Colorado, they kind of felt like the new kid at school in the Pac-12. And it never really like they never found their click. They never found their rival. They never found like any sort of belonging in the Pac-12. And so I feel like the Big 12 made more sense for them um, just in the sense of they were more successful there, first of all. And two, they just never really fit in in the Pac-12. They were always like that one team. And they were like, oh, Oregon's our rival. And Oregon's like, actually, we have Washington, Oregon State. And they're like, oh, who so-and-so's our rival. So no one really matched up with them. I think they're excited. It's a new beginning. It's a new start. And honestly, and you know this as well as anyone, I feel like the Big 12 – Big 12, excuse me, is fairly up for grabs. And I feel like, as you know, Colorado fans are quite confident um, in the direction of the program. And so they feel as if the Big 12 is the perfect place for them to take off. Whereas the Pac-12 had it stayed together. Who knows what this conference would have been? It would have been like just straight up the best conference in college football. Who knows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Can I hear you say I am proud to be a Big 12 team? Can I just get that really quick so I can clip it here? Yeah, I'm, I'm proud to be a Big 12 team. Is that, gonna, is that the case? Do you feel yeah. that right now? Do you feel like these teams coming from the Pac-12? Because Look, there's emotion with that, right. I, especially for those like Utah who feels like the Pac-12 gave them their first big shot in the Power Five, and and now they're moving on to into a new league because it fell apart. They didn't want to do this. Did yeah. Colorado want to do this? Do you want to be here? Okay, so here's the thing about did anyone want to do this? The real answer is no. No one wanted to leave the Pac-12. The goal was to keep the Pac-12 together. The goal was to get a deal. The goal was to kind of expand and move af- move on from life after USC and UCLA. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't work out that way. Colorado was kind of the one that got the domino falling. Um, and they really gave uh, George Kliakov a chance. They were like, okay, present us numbers by the Pac-12 media day. Um, and if we have the numbers and we like it, we'll stay. And he was unable to do that. He, right. It'd be like running a race. And I gave you a 365 day head start and I caught you like that's on you. Yeah. That's not on me. Right, that doesn't yeah. matter how fast I am. And that's what happened to the Pac-12. And so I don't think anyone wanted it to end this way. Cause obviously Pac-12 network, my former employer, a lot of good people lost their jobs. Um, yeah. A lot of geography thrown out the window, a lot of history thrown out the window and it all, there's kind of like a bitterness to it, but outside of Utah, cause Utah fans are still like Utah fans are like, no, we do not. Right. They're, they're, they're like, waiting for the big 10 invite right now. <laughs> they're like, come. they're like, we are not ready to be in the big 12. They hate it here. It's like Jaden Smith and the karate kid. I hate it here. I want to go home. That is Utah. But does that mean else, Brett, your mark is Mr. Miyagi. We slowly <laughs> teach them how to love the big 12. <laughs> Maybe a little wax yeah. on wax off jacket yeah. on jacket off uh, situation, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they're kind of an odd one. Cause it's like, they finally felt like they were at the top of the conference. And so it's like, yeah. once you started peaking, would you want to like start, start anew? Um, but mm. I feel like the rest of the teams are happy. Um, no one likes uncertainty and that's what, the Pac-12 was um, even yeah. if they got even if they got a deal we could be honest it was only going to be a temporary thing until the next wave of realignment came through now obviously I feel like they could have 
tried, but hey, that's uh, not my decision to make. <laughs> yeah, you, you, talk, you use the word uncertainty there. With the Big 12, do you feel certain? Is there a stability in this conference that coming into the league, you think, okay, we're safe. We're, this isn't going to happen in 10 years where we have to move again. Uh, I, I would say it's safe for now. Um, I wouldn't say in 10 years, I'll promise anything. Um, realistically, my standpoint is in 10 Especially years. Especially because Utah will be in the Big Ten in 10 years. And right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, my, no, my standpoint is honestly that in about five to seven years, programs are going to be upset with being constantly in the middle of the pack of whatever new super conference they're in. Yep. And there's only going to be so much of like, shut up and take the money that people can handle um, because mm-hmm. people aren't going to want to watch their team finish seventh place and never come close to the playoff. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's it's a tough one because I, I think there's stability for now. But I do think college football is always headed to more money, more movement. And the Big 12 is definitely in a better position um, than the ACC is. Just yeah. in the fact that everyone seems to be somewhat happy. Whereas the ACC, like all their heavy hitters are like, we want to leave. But yeah. the problem is it costs like $500 million to leave. <laughs> so it's like everyone's happy for now. Um, you just got to keep morale up. Otherwise... Who knows? <laughs> yeah. How do you view the Big 12 in in comparison to the SEC, the Big 10 and the ACC? Because sure, two of those conferences make exponentially more money and you'd want to be there because of that money. But from from that stability standpoint, or even from a fan experience standpoint, I don't want to see Rutgers and USC play a conference game in, in November. How do you view the Big 12 compared to the other power team? Yeah, the Big 12 is like the most geographically sane conference, um, to be honest, as someone who covers Stanford as well. And yeah. I'll be making conference road trips to like Miami eventually. Like yeah. they have still some geographic sense. Um, I think realistically, like you mentioned about the Big 10, they've thrown that out the window. It's all about money. They're a rich conference, which is good for them. The Big 12 just has to, like I said, keep everybody happy, stay creative. I know they're a lot of doing a lot of things with the, I don't know which wrestling association it is, but they're doing wrestling. The WWE. Have, thank, thank you. you. Um, Nelly was there. Um, I'm yes. sure he was. Uh, I'm sure he was thrilled to watch people chess pass a football into a Dr Pepper can when he was supposed to be yes. performing. But like a lot of people are excited about what the Big 12 is doing, and so I think the Big 12 is heading in the right direction. It's hard to say they're not. Um, the ACC is not heading in the right direction because again, they're deadlocked in that deal. No one's happy, and it's kind of like everyone's waiting for them to collapse. Whereas the big 12, everyone's like, they're fine for now. And if they merge too, I feel like that's kind of been a rumor as well. That'd be interesting. I don't know. I'd like to get your take on that. Actually like ACC big 12 merger. Does that work for them better than it would if they just all broke up and dispersed? Yeah, how interesting is that? That now it's a merger talk of can the two conferences from Jim Phillips to Brett Yormark find a way to come together? I don't see that being a thing in the next couple of years. Uh, It's more likely that Florida State leaves and then Clemson and UNC want to follow suit. And then Miami starts to look at them and says, how can we do that? And, you know, NC State's not that happy. And from there, the Big 12 is in a better position to start poaching rather than the rather than the ACC saying, hey, can we have these terms of of almost a surrender? So it's Brett Yormark. Do you take the surrender? And do you take Boston College with it? Or do you go in and cherry pick the four or six teams that you want in the Big 12? Do you stop at 20? Where do you go from there? And Kevin, I'm going to flip that back to you. As, as somebody who's just now coming to the Big 12 or back to the Big 12, do you want to see the Big 12 hit 20 teams within the next three or four years? Yeah, I think they have to. It's all about keeping okay. up. And obviously, realistically, Florida, Miami, all the powerhouses are going to go to the SEC or the Big Ten. And that's okay. That's kind of how expansion works. It's like the top programs um, go to whatever they want to go to. And then everyone else is left over. It's not a bad thing. But the more markets you have, the more teams you have, um, the better. Obviously, 
it's better to add power five teams than to lose them. And so if the big 12 is able to be in a position where they could be the aggressor, like they were with the PAC 12, then again, they're just uh, surviving and advancing. That's all. That's all we can do in this life, right? Survive and advance from week to week, day to day. And that's what the big 12 has a chance to do. Now it's going to be difficult because the ACC, if they were smart, they would try to get really creative, maybe expand themselves and figure out a way to rework this monstrosity of a deal that's going to expire when I'm 37. I'm currently 24. Yeah. For those yeah. of you keeping count at home, like that's a wild deal. I don't know why they signed it for that long, but they have a lot of time to figure things out. So ping pong Come, back to you. <laughs> yeah, it's there's time. Yes. And I don't believe everything will fall apart yet. Not in the next two or three years. And that Brett Yormark has time to figure has time to figure it out before Charlie Baker says, OK, now I want this Super League of just you know 25 teams to rule all of college football. And in that Colorado might get with Deion Sanders, at least might get a nod because the NCAA is turning toward flashy. What can they do to be a more more of an entertainment juggernaut, which Mostly they they already are with ESPN and Fox. Mood point. Kevin, I, I want to know from a competitive standpoint, these four new teams, we just saw the four come from the AAC and the independent leagues. Can, can there be a, a realm in which the four new squads in the Pac-12 rule the Big 12? Let's go there next. But first, a word from our friends at Game Time here on Locked On Big 12 and Locked On Buffs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is where I go to find last-minute ticket deals that are spectacular. Lowest price is guaranteed at Game Time as well. You go there and you give you a view of your seat. That's right. You go in and it tells you, it says, oh, yeah, you want this row? You want this seat? Great. Here's what it's going to look like at the venue. Game Time also, if you use code Locked On, gives you $20 off. Use code Locked On College for $20 off on the Game Time app. It's an app. You download it. It's convenient. It's easy to use. And you just say, oh, you know, the concert's in 30 minutes. It's like 10 minutes down the road. We could probably go. Let's see what the tickets are on Game Time. They drop the closer it gets to the concert and guess what there are always tickets there I, like, I go to a texas rangers game before they won the world series 15 dollars tickets well i used code locked on college for 20 dollars off and those tickets were free because 20 dollars and 15 and you do the math you can go do that at game time right now again download the game time app today use code locked on college for 20 dollars off last minute last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed at game time Kevin, when it comes to the competitiveness of the four new teams coming from the Pac-12, do you think there's a realm in which two or three of these teams wind up in the top even five of this new conference? Yeah, I think, honestly, two of the best teams in the Big 12 are currently under the Pac-12 logo. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think Utah and Arizona, um, assuming Utah gets everybody back and there's health, um, obviously they were decimated by the injury this year. I think they lost like 15 to 20 players to injury is the craziest thing. Arizona is trending in the right direction. Utah is always going to be good. So I feel like they are automatically going to be competitive. Um, Arizona state will get there eventually. I feel like Kenny Dillingham still has a ways to go. Mm -hmm. And then coach prime in Colorado, you, I assume it's going to be better. Um, Let's just like look at it from a holistic standpoint. They had the worst offensive line in college football. Yes. If it's average, they should be fine, right? That that's just my thinking. But yeah, I think realistically the Big 12's down. Um, I love what Texas Tech is doing in the portal, by the way. Shout out to the Red Raiders. The Big 12 might run through Lubbock next year. I'm not even joking. Yeah. It might be for real this time. Um, I like what Kansas State Kansas State's doing with Avery Johnson. Um, I also look at a program 
like an, and Baylor, uh, not Baylor. Sorry, sorry, not Baylor. Not sorry, Baylor, sorry, sure. sorry. I saw Baylor in my head, and I was like, no, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> um, Oklahoma State is always kind of yeah. just there, yeah. and I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were this year, but they're just always there. And so there's a lot of good teams, I would say, but I think those two are the ones that are the best. Is there an adjustment process coming into a new conference? Do you think as these four move into the Big 12, whether it be geographically, new travel, new teams, new culture? Because look, 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 the MAC plays a lot different than the AAC. And the AAC plays different than the SEC, who plays different than the Big 10. This is a different playing style and a different culture of football. Moving in, will there be a struggle to win on the field as these four adjust? That's a great question. Honestly, if it was like the big 12 of 2015, where it was like constantly 75 to to 65, I would say yes, because I feel like obviously the Pac-12 offenses haven't always been as prolific, but the big 12, while people don't admit it, has played some defense lately. They've been throwing up the the white picket fence, playing some D. And so I don't think it's going to be the craziest adjustment. Um, I think the biggest adjustments actually come in recruiting. Um, All these new schools have new markets that they could are new. Um, hotbeds that they could attract. So they could go to Orlando, they could come to Dallas more, they could go to all the cities in Texas. So I don't think there's going to be a crazy adjustment. Um, Maybe just like learning your new opponents. I think that's the adjustment because realistically, a lot of these teams don't play um, outside of Baylor and Baylor and Utah who've been playing the past couple of years. But it's kind of one of those things where I don't think it's going to be like a worldly difference, but I do think it's going to be like a recruiting, getting familiar with opponents type of thing. So we just saw four teams come from outside the power five ranks into the big 12 and they really struggled. Do you expect there to be, did you, do you from an outsider's perspective think that that is just because they weren't power five? That's why they couldn't adjust. Or is there part of that? Oh, we're in a new conference. Uh, That's I think the instance for those new teams, they were all kind of coming off of seasons where they weren't, what they were, you know, yeah. so like okay. Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati was not fresh off a playoff run. They were like a year removed from the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU was kind of in this little period of mediocrity, I guess we could say. Yeah. Um, UCF was not fresh off their national title game, unfortunately. And then Houston was, I won't say like a, they were middle pack, I guess. Trending down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So none of them were like trending in the right direction. So I think that's kind of more of a factor. Um, obviously, they didn't have power five rosters yet, um, which I think is a recruiting thing, which helped them yep. um, when they come to the Big 12. So I think it's more so like the way they came in. So like Arizona State, I expect them to struggle just because it's year two of a rebuild. Um, Colorado, I don't think they're going to be winning at all. But I think they'll be better. But I think there's going to be we're not going to be in week or whatever seven it was when none of them had won a game yet. I don't think that's going to happen this year or next year. Yeah, it shouldn't. At least let's let's yeah. hope not. Yeah. Uh, with with these squads, these four that come in, I, w- I do want to hone in on Arizona for a second because they finished ranked higher than anybody else of those four this year and now play Oklahoma. Uh, I I am floored at what Jed Fish has done already at Arizona. Are they now because they're ranked? They're they're the highest ranked team of the new four. Are they the team to beat? I think so. Yeah, right now they are. Um, wow. They have a young quarterback. They have a great receiving um, corps, and then they also kept their coach, which was like yeah. as soon as UCLA was rumored to be moving on from from Chip, it was like okay, Jed Fish, welcome back to UCLA. Like they yeah. had the graphics ready, they had everything, and so they have everything. They're trending in the right direction. Um, and they have a lot less questions than I would say like Utah does. Utah's like, is Brand Cuthy going to return? Um, are we going to get the receivers we need? Arizona is just trending in the right direction. So I think they're the hottest team in college football. I said that 
every week on my show for like the last month of the season, I was like, people don't understand this Arizona yeah. team is really good. And I think it's going to carry over. Um, Jed fish has gone from one and 11 to five and seven to now, whatever their record is. I think it's nine and um, no eight and four. So that sounds right. So they're constantly trending up and that's a great thing. We'll close it here before we get into Colorado and just Colorado. Will these four teams run the new big 12? Oof, run the new big 12. I think no. The Big 12, for the most part, is going to be a conference full parody. Um, there's no more Oklahoma. Um, as much as Texas like wants to assume or wants to feel like they were running the Big 12, they weren't. But Oklahoma. Yeah, one good year. One good year. They were running it, you know. Um, but Oklahoma ran the Big 12 for, I think it was a seven years, six years. Yeah. I don't see a team doing that. Uh, yeah. This conference is so big. This conference is so. Uh, there's so many solid teams. I don't think there's an elite program in the Big 12 right now. Um, I think that some could get there. Um, some are heading in that right direction, but I would say it's going to be more often than not. It wouldn't surprise me if there's a different big 12 championship matchup every year. So to run the big 12, no, but if you ask me which teams I think will consistently compete in the big 12, it'd be Utah. It'd be Arizona. And it'd probably be Colorado eventually assuming coach prime doesn't leave and go elsewhere. But yeah. Yeah. Let's talk Colorado up next, Kevin, and whether or not they can become the new star of this league as they begin their trek through the transfer portal. But first, we'll hear from our valued sponsor, Prize Picks, right here on Locked On Big 12 and Locked On Buffs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is where I go to make money. It's easy. I sit on my couch, I go boop, 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 money. You just you find, you know, like two little things like LeBron and, and Travis Kelsey. Everybody knows who they are. You parlay together a combination of their receptions and three pointers made. And if it's 10 and a half and they get 11, you win money there. You could sit down on your couch. You put $10 in something and then bam, you win 250 bucks. It is that easy. You can play alongside Meek Mill. See what Meek Mill's doing. I don't know what that is, but maybe you do. And you can see what they're doing. You can bet on whatever they bet on. You have a reboot policy. Your guy gets hurt in the first half, doesn't return in the second half. Bam. Reboot. That's, that's it. You don't lose money because of it. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Again, prizepicks.com forward slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a deposit match up to $100. That is all at Prize Picks. All right, Kevin. Colorado, the Buffaloes. What do we do with this? What? Because uh, remember, you and I talked. This was five months ago, four months ago. They, they were not going to beat TCU. They were going to get killed. They won that game. And then all of America is talking about Colorado. They beat Nebraska. All of America is talking about Colorado. By the end of the season, not a lot of people were talking about Colorado. What? Can you even give me a pulse on the program right now? There's a lot of excitement. Um, I think the good thing about Colorado that they do is they stay relevant. Even when they were losing, they lost eight of their last nine, <laughs> which is they not were, good. That's not good. Not recommended. Not doctor recommended. Um, right. You probably not going to win a lot of prize fix money on that. Uh, don't no. don't go Colorado win plus Taylor Swift's boyfriend to get 10 catches <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, no, yeah. I think they stayed relevant, which helped them brand wise. Um, people are excited about Coach Prime. And I think. A lot of us forgot. So th there was three stages of the Colorado season. It was like, oh my gosh, are they the best team ever? And then yeah. I was like, okay, they're not as good as the top 12 or the top Pac-12 teams, right? I mean, yep. not crazy. And then it was, oh gosh, this is a dumpster fire. Like that's what that's where the three stages were. But throughout that, we have to remember they won four games. Their projected total was three and a half. Um, their roster was not really... 
their weapons were good. Receivers, defensive backs, solid. Trenches, horrendous. Like it was, they gave up 56 sacks or something like that. They couldn't yeah. stop the run. It was bad. But again, Deion Sanders attracts talent. We've seen it with the portal already. We've seen it with recruiting. Um, they went from like 62nd to now they have the 27th class or 20, they had top 25 class. I don't know the number, um, but they're trending up. And so you have to think of like improvement. You have to think of, you have to take on your either, I hate Deion Sanders or I love Deion Sanders classes. And you have to look at what they're doing and what they're doing is improving the roster where they need it. And they're improving just in general as a team. Does Colorado have the most potential of any new Big 12 team to become the next Oklahoma or what Oklahoma was to the Big 12? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if they could be like at that level and sustain it um, because right now they're benefiting from having Shadar Sanders, who's like probably the very good. He's very good. And so it's like, are they going to continue to keep high level quarterback play? Uh, I say it on my show all the time. Deion Sanders will never have issues recruiting defensive backs. He will never have issues recording or recruiting wide receivers, running backs. It's the trenches. It's the quarterbacks. It's are is he going to attract those guys to his program? Um, he had one and he lost it um, in Antoine Hill, the 2025 quarterback. But I do think they have potential to kind of be in the mix for one of the best teams in the Big 12 constantly because he attracts talent. Kids think he's cool. Um, it's really rare, rare that a high school kid thinks someone above the age of 30 is cool. Um, well, he's he's Coach Prime. He's prime time. Um, he's exciting. He's on social media. They have documentaries about him. Um, he has his own shoe. And so that's kind of the modern college football coach. And so I think that helps him in recruiting. And I think they realistically could be one of the better teams in the Big 12. It's just a matter of improving um, in the trenches. I don't really believe in this notion that they could just add offense line in the trenches every, or in the portal every year. Um, it's working-ish this year. It's better than what it was. But I think they need to recruit and develop better than what we've seen. A little bit change the vernacular on that question. Okay. Is Colorado the Big 12's biggest star, newest star, the the darling of the league? Absolutely. Um, it's okay. all about brand names. It's not it's not to say that they're better than everyone. It's not to say that they're a better program than Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU, whatever it may be. They haven't done anything in like a decade and a half almost. Like they are have been irrelevant as it comes, but now they're relevant and they're as relevant as anyone. Um, if you look at the top 12-ish games most watched this year, it's Colorado. And, Drake, we just talked about they were a dumpster fire down the stretch. Yes, people, no. still watch, people are most still watching the games. teams don't get a lot of exposure. They don't. Like, they were still getting the Pac-12 after dark primetime slot. They were getting um, ESPN televising their games. Pac-12 Network didn't get a lot of Colorado games. And I think if it was a normal Colorado year where if Carl Durrell was the coach, they'd only be on the Pac-12 Network um, the whole season. So, Media attention matters, um, popularity matters, and Colorado has both of, both those things. And realistically, there's four types of college football fans. You like college football, you like Colorado and Coach Prime, you like Colorado and you just don't really care, and you hate Coach Prime. All those people have one thing in common. They all are going to watch the biggest story, and yeah, whether yeah. you like it or not, television companies, ESPN, the conglom- conglomerates, excuse me, yeah. they want people to watch their games when it's on their network and what better way to do it than have Deion Sanders parading around the sidelines, uh, saying something crazy at halftime, having a it's personal chance or having sunglasses, whatever it is. No one else in the Big 12 has that allure. It, it just yep. is. It is what it is. How long until Colorado competes for a Big 12 championship? Whew. I say next year they could come semi close. They'll be in the conversation until they fall off. They have a tougher schedule realistically i think three years like 
the second year from now. So yeah. two years from now, excuse me. Um, I think they just need more development. I, like I said, the trenches doing this thing where it's like, we're just going to go out and get the best offense lineman we can in the portal every year. Same thing with the defense line. It's not going to work. I did a breakdown of my show. I went through the top 15 ish linemen from last year's portal. Majority of them were bad. Yeah. Didn't start. And just like, wasn't what that team needed. Auburn had a few of them. Miami had a really good lineman, but there's just a lot of programs out there that need offense linemen and offense linemen are like the sexy NIL guys. They're not going to be leaving yeah. one school to go get an NIL deal elsewhere. That's not how it works for the big boys up front. Unfortunately, we love those thick Kings though. Um, we do. It's just, they don't get the NIL deals. They don't enter the portal for no reason. And so I say it on my show all the time. I still say it. Their line is improving in the portal. It's better than what it was last year. Cause I was a FCS line at best but is it going to be as good as they need it to be? And until they're good there in the trenches, it doesn't matter because you have to stop the run in the big 12, those cold games in November, when you're in Ames, Iowa and Matt Campbell's talking about three-star culture or whatever it is, whatever he says, um, it, you have to stop the run there because Iowa State's not going to be airing it out. Same thing with Baylor. They like to run the ball. Um, they like to be physical. Oklahoma State literally made a living running the ball. They ran their way to the Big 12 title game. And if you can't stop it, you can't do it. It's not going to work out. So I think they could compete in the next couple of years. Um, it's just a kind of a mind reset that they have to give themselves. Kevin, if listeners of Locked On Big 12 want to find more of you, where can they go? You go at Kevin underscore Borba, as you can see down there. I'm at Locked on Bus. We just hit 4,000 subs. We're trying to catch up to big Mr. Drake Toll over here. He's doing it big. Um, But yeah, I'm over at Athlon. I'm all over the place writing about a team you care about, probably. So come check me out. Come debate me. Make sure if you come at me, don't make it longer than two sentences. I won't read it all. I promise you I won't. That is Kevin Borba of Locked On Buffs. Thanks for making Locked On Big 12 and Locked On Buffs your first listen every single day. Come back next week. We'll be giving you all there is to know about the best of the Big 12, including Colorado. This has been and always will be Locked On Buffs and Locked On Dose Grande. There you go.